Welcome into Lockdown Blackhawks for Friday, November 8th, 2019. The Chicago Blackhawks win. They beat the Vancouver Canucks 5-2 on Thursday night. We will break it all down. We'll talk about the pluses and minuses, go down the number line, and all the things we do after every game. First, I want to tell you how to get in touch with me. By the way, on yesterday's podcast, I said Mailbag Monday is going to be on Friday. But then I looked ahead to the calendar, and the Hawks have a lot of games on Thursdays. So the Mailbag segment will now happen on Tuesdays. Because the Hawks are almost always off on Mondays, I'll record those on Monday nights. So, send me your mailbag questions for Monday into Tuesday, LockedOnBlackHawks at gmail.com, 708-653-0572 is the voicemail number. And I gotta say, before we get into this game, since the Sharks game, I've probably gotten 100 emails and a bunch of voicemails. So while I thought I'd be able to get to everybody's stuff on mailbag shows, it's just not going to be possible. So I might start featuring uh, an email of the show or something like that. I'm going to work all this out for next week. Um, Kind of an uneventful week next week. The Hawks play Saturday, Sunday, then don't play till Wednesday, then again Saturday. So we'll have some time to fill between games next week. So I'll probably start doing an email of the show. So no need to wait. Whatever you want to say, whatever you want to get off your chest, send it along and I'll do my best to get those answered for you. All right. Enough nonsense, enough uh, getting the show set up. Let's talk about this game and what a difference two nights make. Yesterday's podcast, I said I wanted Jeremy Cowlton gone. And I hope that what we saw Thursday night in this win over Vancouver, where the Hawks were attacking and creating and being aggressive, and initiating the offense, and looking like the Blackhawks teams of old. I hope that this is what the Blackhawks look like from here on out, because lo and behold, they're not so out-talented, are they? They can play with a good team, can't they? When the mindset is attack and not concede, which is what it had been, Over the last handful of games, if this is the approach, great. That was my knock on Cowlton. And I'd seen the Hawks get dominated so many times. Look, I'll tell you, I couldn't care less about being right or wrong. All I care about is the Blackhawks winning and being competitive and heading the organization in the right direction. So if somehow this game is the turnaround for Jeremy Cowlton and the Blackhawks, I'll be happy to be wrong. And I will leave that column up, and I'll leave that podcast up, and I'll have pie on my face and not even care because it means the Hawks are doing a good thing. So if I'm wrong about Jeremy Cowlton, great. That would be wonderful. It'd be great for business. It'd be great for you, the listener. Everyone would be happy if I was wrong. Tonight was so encouraging. So encouraging. You're seeing defensemen activate. You're seeing Blackhawks forwards carry the puck over the blue line instead of dumping it in every time. Yes, of course, there's going to be situations where you dump and chase, situations where that's what's called for, but not every play. It's not your default offense. What I saw Thursday night looked like what we saw from the Blackhawks last season 
when they started playing well. After the big slide, when they started figuring things out, they were an attacking team. They were an offensive team. And yeah, they had some trouble keeping the puck out of the back of their net, and they gave up a lot of goals and gave up a lot of chances. And that's what happened tonight. But guess what? They have the ability to win games 5-2 to two, or 4-1 to one, or 6-5. to five. Now you don't have Cam Ward and Calendelia. You've got Robin Leonard and Corey Crawford. That's the whole point of having $11 million invested in two goaltenders is these guys give you a chance to win every single night. So instead of now having that insurance and playing passively, use that and attack. And that's what the Blackhawks did Thursday night. It looked like a different team. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. It hadn't been that long since we saw the Blackhawks play that way. But it felt like a lifetime. That's all I've been saying. That's all you guys have been saying in your emails is where is the balls? Where are the balls on this team? It was such a passive system. And you've got these skilled players, Patrick Kane, Dylan Strom, Alex DeBrinkett, Jonathan Taves. Those guys were the best Blackhawks Thursday night. Weren't they? Dylan Strom had three points. Patrick Kane had three points. Taves was held pointless, but he had six shots on goal in another shot attempt. DeBrinkett had a goal. This is what it's supposed to look like. When you have an offensively skilled team with a somewhat lackluster defense, you see a game that looks like this one did. Canucks had 38 shots on goal. The Hawks had 37. I'll watch a game like that. Even if they had lost this game, even if they lose, you know, 3-2 or 4-2, whatever, as long as there's an attack, as long as there's an attempt to create some offense, I'm in. What we saw against LA and San Jose and Nashville and to a lesser extent Anaheim, even though they won that game, that's not attacking hockey. That's playing not to lose. Last night, the Hawks came out and took it to the Vancouver Canucks, especially in the first period. And I think it, made it maybe caught the Canucks off guard a little bit. Early on in the first, the Hawks were all over them, then Vancouver sort of evened things out. Look, we talked about it yesterday morning. The Canucks were the third, they had the third best record in the Western Conference. They hadn't lost a game since, what, November 18th or something, Pat Foley said? That's a damn good team. The Hawks just beat and beat convincingly. Treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Right now, my listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when they download the DoorDash app and enter promo code LOCKED ON. This is what it's supposed to look like. And if it took those games to wake Jeremy Cowton up and to wake the team up, and for some outward, you know, pressure coming from the media, it wasn't just me. I wasn't the only one. And I don't think they really care. I don't know if I'm even on their radar. But even if I am, I wasn't the only one questioning Jeremy Cowton and if he's the right guy for the job. If that's what it took, so be it. I'm happy to be wrong. It was a great, great game for the Chicago Blackhawks. 
Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Jay Zawoski with you here. And as we do after every game, let's go over the pluses and minuses. And let's start with the myriad pluses. First plus of the game for me goes to Dylan Strom. Three assists. He played 17.08 of ice time. Hesitant to shoot the puck. But other than that, he was all over the ice. Every, it felt like every time the Hawks generated a scoring chance, Dylan Strom was at the middle of it. He had a really solid, really effective game. Really liked what I saw from Dylan Strom last night. Next plus, I'm going to say it. Eric Gustafson, 2140 of ice time. Three shots on goal, three shots blocked against him, and another missed shot. So that's seven shot attempts, two hits, and a block shot of his own. He was competing his ass off tonight. And maybe that benching was the message he needed. He's been good since he's been back in the lineup. But last night was his best game of the season. I don't think there's any doubt about it. Really liked what I saw from Eric Gustafson. Another plus, Brandon Saad who has been the Hawks' most consistent forward all season long, picking up a goal. We talk about guys working hard and competing. That dude has been doing it all season long, even in the bad games. And while he probably didn't become, well, he definitely didn't become the goal scorer we all thought he was going to be, he is still extremely valuable, probably not worth $6 million, but extremely valuable to this team. And that he provides skill, scoring ability, and hard work. He is working his ass off and deserves some special attention. And last night was no exception. I thought Brandon Sow was excellent. Jonathan Taves, who I mentioned, no points last night, but seven shot attempts, including six shots on goal. Very effective, very strong game. And of course, Patrick Kane. 1923 of ice time, a goal and two assists, four shots on goal. He had two hits. That's pretty rare. You don't see a lot of those from Patrick Kane. Also had a block shot. Really solid game for Patrick Kane. And how about the power play? Two for four last night against the Canucks. That makes a big difference, right? And the Canucks have one of the best penalty kills in the NHL. The Hawks scored two power play goals on them. A different kind of a look on the power play last night, by the way. You saw them working the Shaw goal, the first power play goal. You saw them working from Kane along the boards, Strom behind the net, and Shaw out front. And it's a tic-tac-toe play. And that was the first power play goal. Then they were also doing the cross ice pass. to uh, Debrinkit was there on the left wing. Kane was there on the right. The power play was not as predictable as it's been. They still need to work on the zone entries, but I like that look of Kane to Strom to Shaw. That'll be easy to scout now. Now that it's on tape, teams will be expecting it, but that was a quality coaching adjustment by Jeremy Cowton and his staff. So credit where it's due. They saw something there. It worked. They exploited it, and I expect them to keep trying it until other teams stop it. It created a number of, uh, even though maybe not, direct scoring chances the play was there a number of times I like that look and 
look, Shaw's that guy who will – he's physical enough to go battle in front of the net and get that positioning. He's also small enough to sort of sneak in there now and again. So I like the way that power play looked, and I have to I, I have to give credit. That Alex Dabrinkit goal where he carries the puck over the line and, and is falling down and puts a perfect wrist shot over Markstrom, what a beautiful goal. We'll be seeing that one all year long on highlight films and, and, you know, commercials and things like that. That's a really memorable goal, a great goal, a goal scorer's goal. And look what happened. Instead of dumping the puck in, Dylan Strom gets the puck to the brinket, lets the skilled winger use his skill to create a scoring chance, and lo and behold, the goalie wasn't ready for it, and it's one nothing Blackhawks. That's what it's supposed to look like. Aggressive hockey. Shots on goal. Creativity being used. If the Blackhawks are going to be competitive, this is what it has to look like. And it's not going to work every night. It's not. But if they compete and they show, they can hang with good teams. This was my beef all along. Look at this roster. It's not this bad. It's not as bad as it's playing. Tonight is proof positive that that's true. Now for the minuses. Not a lot of minuses to get to. Uh, I think second game in a row, a tough night for Alex Nylander. And I'm not going to say he played poorly, but things just really didn't go his way. Um, A couple of opportunities sort of bounced away from him. Uh, Maybe he read a play wrong, had a pass go against him here and there. Not a very strong game for uh, Alex Nylander. 15.02 of ice time. He had a shot on goal and two block shots against him, um, but not a huge factor in this one or the last one. Uh, the Drake Kajula penalty I didn't love. Otherwise, he played very, very well. Really liked his game. And while Corey Crawford was awesome, the rebound control was a little bit concerning. He was kicking out a lot of rebounds, uh, you know, and, and, and not really settling the puck down in front of him very often. There were also a few quick whistles that could have resulted in Vancouver scoring chances, but that's definitely nitpicking. Corey Crawford was outstanding uh, for the most part, stopping 36 of 38 shots on goal. That's all you can ask for. He was really, really good, but would just like to see him tighten up the rebounds as the season goes on, and I'm sure he will. He's usually pretty good with that, but last night, the rebound control was not great. Time to go down the number line here on Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get into it as we always do. We use our friends at Natural Stat Trick. Uh, They are the best in the business when it comes to tracking games and advanced statistics. And like we say, every podcast, if you want more info on the terms we're using, these possession terms we're using, go to naturalstattrick.com. There's also always a link in the uh, description of the podcast every day that will link you to natural stat trick and their glossary of terms. So you can sort of play around and figure these things out for yourself. But basically what Corsi and Fenwick measure is shot attempts. That's really what it's measuring. Instead of just shots on goal, it's measuring shot attempts. So let's take a look overall. Last night, the Blackhawks held a 55 to 53 shot attempt advantage. Shots on goal, Vancouver had 38, the Blackhawks had 37. Five-on-five scoring chances, four, Vancouver had 19, the Blackhawks had 17, and the five-on-five high-danger scoring chances, Vancouver had 10, 
Chicago had six. A very even game. A very solid game. Final numbers. Vancouver had a 51.22. Corsi 4 rating for the game. The Blackhawks 48.78. One thing that's really encouraging, the third period with Vancouver down, they're 50-50. The Hawks were able to hold, you know, weather the storm. I was a little bit afraid with the lead. They were going to play the prevent a little bit and back off. They didn't. They were they played the same game for 60 minutes, and I think that's a big part of why they came o- came away with two points and and the win against the Canucks last night. So encouraging. Now let's look at some of the individual numbers here. Uh, David Camp led the Blackhawks with a 58.82 Corsi percentage. He was on the ice for 10 shot attempts, four and seven against. Andrew Shaw, 57.14. Jonathan Tays, 56%. Got Dahan and Gustafson, 55.17 and 54.55, respectively. Let's look at some of the bad numbers uh, as far as the course he goes. Adam Boquist and Kirby Dock with identical 35.29 Corsi percentages. Uh, they were on the ice for six shot attempts, four and 11 against. Not great, but, you know, it's going to happen. Patrick Kane, surprisingly, third from last with a 39.13 Corsi percentage at even strength but guess what he had he had three points and that's really all that matters so like we say all the time with these advanced statistics they're sort of a snapshot and you can kind of get an idea for how a game went but they're just a tool they're not the be-all end-all by any means um so look no question this was a really solid game for the Blackhawks and uh, I don't know. I, I probably stopped short of calling it their best game of the year, but I think it's probably their best 60 minute effort of the year. And there were times where they were sort of chasing the puck and Vancouver t- took control a little bit. But look, Vancouver's a really good team. The Blackhawks defense, even though they played better and have played, you know, somewhat better over the season, um, there's still going to be some times where they struggle. They're still not fast. They still have some age in them. Um, but Look, this was a very, very encouraging win, and it's good to see that the Blackhawks still have the ability to create offense, to play with good teams, to play this style of game. This is all any of us have been asking for all year. And tell me that had they played this style in this system of hockey against San Jose in LA they wouldn't have won those games nothing the Kings or Sharks did forced the Blackhawks to play the way they to play the way they did those losses were to me self-inflicted because it was just such a passive and it's you know it felt like punting that that's how the game felt they're punting their possessions yeah little little pressure and dump it in man they're not going to get it this game, the Hawks were in attack mode. How often did we see Blackhawks defensemen below the goal line? And not just Boquist. And not just Gustafson. We saw Olimata down there. We saw Brent Seabrook down there. The attacking mindset of the team last night is how it should look every single night. And if it does, they're going to be in most games. They're going to be. They've got talent. Maybe they're not as deep as some other teams in the league, 
But their top-end talent, aside from the best of the best teams in the NHL, the Hawks are right there. Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves, Alex DeBrinkett, Dylan Strom, that's a really solid top four forwards. You can do a hell of a lot worse than that. And you've still got Saad. And you have the emergence of Alex Nylander. And Kirby Doc is on his way, right? There's talent on this team. They can play. There's no need for the Blackhawks to sit back and defer to the opponent and let them dictate to play. And one guy I failed to uh, isolate on during the, the pluses, and that's a miss on my part, Duncan Keith has really been great over the last handful of games. 26-11 last night, picked up an assist, three block shots. There was a play late in the game where he made a defensive play like across the blue line. It was after Drake Kajula hit the post. They they maintained control on that shift because Keith was able to break up a play at the blue line, then keep the puck in, then get it into the deeper into the zone to a forward. That's a guy who's balling out. He's he's doing what he can to keep this thing afloat. And he deserves to be recognized for it. A 36-year-old defenseman playing 26 minutes every night. Not just last night. Keith is playing those minutes every night. He plays four and a half minutes shorthanded. Four and a half minutes of power play time. He's doing it all. And while he's not the defenseman he used to be, he's not the Norris Trophy guy he used to be, he's still getting it done with savvy, and he's still getting it done by working harder than the opponent and being the hardest working guy in the team, along with Brandon Saad. He deserves special praise and special recognition. Duncan Keith has been really, really solid. over the, even, even in the bad games, he's been doing everything he can to make it work. But man, now it sort of feels exciting again, right? To see a game like this, to see that the Hawks are still capable of putting together a performance like this. Saturday, the Hawks play in Pittsburgh. Sunday, the Hawks play at home against Toronto. Two offensive teams with a lot of firepower. They should be really exciting games. Remember that game against the Leafs at the United Center last season? Just back and forth, back and forth. That was one of the best games of the year. And Toronto ended up winning it. But that was so entertaining, that game. You had, Pat, you had Austin Matthews do the, uh, you know, I can't hear you holding his hand up to his ear. Then Patrick Kane moments later ties the game and mocks him with the same thing. That game was awesome. I can take a loss. I know this team is not going to win the Stanley Cup this year. But at least entertain me. At least compete. Tonight the Hawks competed their asses off and they were rewarded with two points against a really, really good team. I don't know if anyone could have predicted how this game would have gone. But it went great, super exciting, super fun. And I think for the first time in a long time, Hawks fans have a smile on their face going into the weekend, right? Speaking of that, before I wrap things up, this is the 30th show 
of Lockdown Blackhawks. And uh, I, I, I've I've taken some time out as the show has gone on uh, to thank you guys for your support. And it's really kind of crazy. I have the ability with the software that I use to upload the podcast and, and host the podcast. We Lockdown Network uses Megaphone as their provider. And I get to see how podcasts do every day. I get to see how many people have downloaded over the month, over the life of the podcast, etc. So I believe last month we were around 35,000 downloads for the month, which is great from starting from scratch. And I know I've got some people that like the Madhouse podcast that, that have come with, and I appreciate that, of course. But to start from scratch and have that, it's incredible. This is the one, two, three, four, five, six podcast of the month. Since the 1st of November, we're over 10,000 downloads already. So I want to thank you. I'm sure the people at Locked On Podcast Network want to thank you. Um, but really, it's 30 shows in. It's incredible. I am humbled. I am also proud because I worked my ass off on this thing, and I, I hope it shows. And I really care, and I want to bring you guys a good product every day. But thank you all so much for your support. Really, uh, doing a podcast every day is a challenge. Even during the course of a season, it's hard to find interesting topics every day. But I love doing it because I'm seeing in real time the feedback. Keep the emails coming. Keep the voicemails coming. And I will stay here with you guys all season long, win or lose. Get those questions in. We'll do the mailbag segment. I'll do it Monday night. You guys will hear it Tuesday morning on Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Have a wonderful weekend.